0: Just man's
1: the podcast. You You guys, I pulled a rookie move. I am currently in the car on the way to Kansas City, Missouri. We are embarking on a road trip to... um, Florida and we're taking the whole week to do it, we took off of work, we packed up the whole car, we're driving across the country and uh, I totally forgot to transfer the file of the finished episode where I recorded this entire intro to this episode to my laptop. So you're getting me live from the car, you might hear Ella start crying, this is just life right now, but this episode is awesome. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I interview Emma Marshall, who is a breathwork facilitator, a holistic health coach, and somatic healer. We really go in so many directions in this episode. We talk about conscious partying, which is something that I've wanted to talk to somebody for a while about because I feel like in the self-growth space, you feel like you need to choose between the two, drinking and partying or being on your journey. And I think we do a really good job at showing you that you can have compassion for yourself, We also talk about breath work and nervous system regulation and how Emma traveled abroad and gained some independence so she was able to really establish who she was. So I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. Sorry for the lack of audio quality right now, but I promise the episode is awesome. And if you like it, then please leave a rating and review. I know you do a lot of different things. How... How did you guys how did you get into holistic wellness, breath work, somatics, all of the things? I read a little bit. I think it was on your Instagram or your blog about your story and um kind of being in the party scene and becoming aware that it wasn't for you. And I can't even tell you how much I relate to that. I think I really went on my journey of wellness in college after probably way too many weekends binge drinking with my friends and being like, I cannot do this anymore. I don't feel like myself. So I want to know what brought you to holistic wellness and breath work and all of that.
0: Yeah, good question. I feel like this is like the bulk of my journey was that transition. And it's funny because I'm kind of in this full circle moment where I I have been partying a bit recently, but in such a more conscious and aware way where like I can be around the environments that used to be really harmful for me. But now, you know, with the friendships I've chosen to entertain and the situations I've chosen to put myself in, I can do it in a way that doesn't feel harmful anymore. So it's a super cool, full circle moment I just had recently when I was at a music festival with some friends. But I went to Penn State, which if you don't know, is like one of the biggest party schools, I'd say, in the country. And my intention was to party for sure. In high school, I partied. College, I partied. And you know I always had my intuition. I just didn't really have the tools to tap into it. So I knew I didn't feel good. I witnessed myself seeking validation specifically with men um, in a very harmful way for myself, like really going out and couldn't be present and enjoy my time with my friends because I was always just like, why aren't guys giving me attention? And it was... Not like I was around any guys I actually wanted or any guys that aligned with my values at the time, but you know, I didn't know any better. And so, my junior year of college, I got to study abroad in Sydney, Australia. And it was the first time I kind of took a big leap and traveled all around Southeast Asia and Fiji and New Zealand and Australia. And I would say really tasted freedom for the first time. Like I was just in such a confine of my own shackles from my childhood trauma and just, you know, growing up on Long Island, a very like privileged little town where, you know, a lot of the people think the same and act the same and just are the same. And so I really got thrown into this world of you can be whoever you want to be. There's no hiding here unless you choose to hide. Um, Nobody is going to judge you, which I also was so stuck in, you know, for so long, feeling like my every action was being watched and I was constantly judged. And I just felt so free there. And I ended up, after my semester of school ended, going to Byron Bay, which is a little surf town. And I stayed in a hostel with strangers, essentially, who became great friends. Didn't look in a mirror for like the entire month I was there. I swear it was insane. I... You know, it was really artistic and creative centered. So art all the time, music all the time, talent shows, dancing, like plant medicine, nature, all of the things. And I actually experienced my first breathwork session there. And I just felt so good through and through. I just felt so good. And I was like, wow, life can be what I choose it to be. And I don't have to continue choosing partying and hangovers for three days and getting sick all the time. I was getting sick all the time. And, you know, I came home and had another year of college and definitely fell back into it. And I've fallen back into it multiple times since, but the awareness was so strong and so present then. And I was really tapped into my intuition that there was no turning back. You know, life is ebbing and flowing. We're not going to constantly go forward. It's a back and forth game, But since that point in time, I knew that my health should be a priority, that my mental wellness should be a priority, that my spiritual practice should be a priority because I tapped into this uncharted territory of myself that felt really, really profound and beautiful and like there was so much to unlock. And I've been on the journey. It's been a long and winding journey since then, but I would say that was the catalyst for me.
1: I also have to just mention, you do not have a New York accent. I know
0: I know <laughs> I don't know I my dad's born in Germany so my mom has okay. a Jewish accent and he doesn't so I feel like I got the blend, which I'm grateful it's, for.
1: It's <laughs> so funny. My dad uh, is also from Long Island, but he left when he was seven, and he still kind of has that twinge of New York. So I'm like, anybody who's in New York and doesn't have it is just like an anomaly to me. <laughs> oh, it's so
0: fu- everyone thinks I'm from California. I always get California, <laughs> yeah. never
1: New York. <laughs> I love, I love that you mentioned. There's kind of this like full circle moment, and that there's, it, it's all about the intention. And so, I again really resonate with that. I uh, went to a small. Uh, art school, my freshman year of college, and loved it. But I just knew I wasn't. It wasn't the time for me to kind of be there. It felt like very much like a job, and I, I needed to be somewhere else. And so I went to Boulder, which is another huge party school, and I went very much with the intention to party, and I did. But for me, a lot of the reason that I felt like I needed to party was because I felt like that was the only way to get. Socialization and meet people and have a community. So, I'm curious, what was your intention then versus now?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I can't even tell you what my intention was then entirely. I think it was to be validated, honestly, to sum it up. Like, I wasn't a very good friend. I'm really grateful to still have some, a few of my best friends in the whole world are from college that I'm still in touch with and they actually led me to a big bulk of the community I'm a part of now. And in retrospect, you know, I'm a ride or die friend. Like I'm definitely always have been ride or die, but it was always really on my terms. Like I was very selfish, very self-absorbed. I was ride or die until it didn't suit me. And I'm I'm not really into astrology, but I'm an Aquarius. So supposedly this means that I'm like, (laughs) you know, in the clouds. When's your birthday? February sixth.
1: Okay, I'm January twenty eighth. So I think there's 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 differences between Aquarius and February Aquariuses or January (laughs) Aquariuses.
0: Yeah. So I I mean I was diagnosed with ADHD. I don't really know how I feel about that world because I've you know, I've been on Adderall, I've been, I don't do caffeine now. I'm way more focused now than I was when I was on Adderall and, you know, I'm doing it naturally. That's another rabbit hole we don't need to go down right now. But I would be like texting and my friends would try to talk to me and like, if I'm on my phone, I'm not answering you. So I just wouldn't be present and I was really focused on my life. And, you know, I'm still unlearning a lot of the things that I grew up with that led me to become that person. So my intention now is to be the best listener I can be to actually foster real connections and relationships to not do the small talk surface level stuff and you know again full circle moment I'm at a music festival this past weekend and I'm around you know people doing drugs and different things where when I first got really deep into the healing journey I felt like I would be really uncomfortable to be around that sort of energy and instead of it being just like a party it was like some of the most therapeutic experiences I've had in years like I felt like the entire weekend was therapy and like profound conversations so much growth like so much connection and it just made me realize that literally everything is the intention you put into it so I can be in this crazy party environment and I'm still doing the work just by being myself because that's what I'm attracting into my life now so really, not settling for anything less than like deep, raw, authentic connection, radical self-expression, and like walking each other home. Essentially, just doing the work together, being in community, and being of service to as many people as I can.
1: I I really love that, and I resonate. It's something that I've been recognizing in my own life lately with alcohol, specifically, is now that I've become a mom, and I have to be very intentional about when I drink because I don't want to wake up hungover when my kid's like mom at 7am it's the worst so for me I've I've actually noticed myself being very intentional and like using alcohol almost as a tool to tap in to kind of drop out of like the workday the masculine and more drop into the feminine and receive and be in my creativity because lately it's it's been hard for me to kind of do that so I think yeah now now being out of college and and having Um, you know, two little babies, like my intention has shifted. And I think that's so important. And I think um, it also helps people recognize, like, if you realize that your intention is fueling your behavior, it helps you not define yourself by all of those behaviors. Because I think when I was in a really big party phase in my life, I really was like, I guess this is who I am now. But I think it's important to separate yourself from that and look at your intention.
0: A hundred percent. And I actually was just having a conversation with a soul sister today about being in this phase of my life where I've simply decided that I can't do anything wrong. Like, of course, holding myself accountable, noticing where there's room for growth, noticing, you know, taking constructive criticism and so on. But like I am a serial self-sabotager. Always have been uncomfortably hard on myself. Like the voice in my head is an asshole. So rude. So rude sometimes. And she actually like reflected back to me that she's so proud of this phase of my life that she's gotten to witness because I've literally just made the decision that anything I do is okay. And so much has shifted for me. Like there are days I've still gone out, you know, I've been going out a little bit since I've been home. And there are days where I literally sleep until noon and do absolutely nothing and barely get to work and don't go to the gym and don't do the things. And a past version of myself would simply have gone crazy over that and judged myself so hard and been so mean to myself. And instead, I've just decided that, you know what? I'm 25 years old. I have gone through a lot of shit in my life. I'm doing the best I can. I'm a human being. And who's to say anything that I do is right or wrong besides this made up, identity that I've chosen for myself, you know, like I'm clear on my goals and I'm clear on the person I want to be. And if I slip up and I don't even want to use that phrase, but like for lack of a better term, if I go backwards or I'm not perfectly on the path every day, that doesn't make me less worthy of love. That doesn't make me less on my path. That doesn't make me less devoted or committed. Like nothing I do is wrong unless I decide. And it's really changed so much for me.
1: I because it takes the power out of the behavior and puts it on the intention. And I think going back to what you mentioned too of like conscious partying, I think there's something to be said about like walking into a bar and being a conscious human being, making a choice to drink because you have the right intention and then seeing everybody else doing it and you can just tell they're subconscious about it like there's they're not doing it with the intention f- infused into it and i think when you become a little bit more conscious about it i don't know you walk into a bar, a bar and you're like what is everybody doing like what are we doing and i think i think that's why sometimes i've recognized like as i kind of fell out of that party scene initially I didn't like doing it again because I was having those surface level conversations. It wasn't about intention. It wasn't about substance. It was about just numbing. And so I think when I think anybody listening who's like, you know, trying to get out of the party phase or maybe is and hasn't had language for it, I think it's all about intention. But I love this conversation because I think, too, in the wellness space or the self growth space, I think there is this idea that you can't party or you can't have alcohol or you can't do drugs or you can't do whatever because you're like in this self- growth wellnessy phase I wanted to know your opinion about that
0: yeah I think it's funny my opinion is- on this has changed so much throughout the years and I have really stepped into this phase of like self-compassion and I think there is no rules there are no rules there are no rights and no wrongs as long as you feel in alignment with yourself like For example, I have since becoming more conscious of my partying and this side of my life have definitely been in a phase where I've looked in the mirror and been like, okay, Emma, you have bags under your eyes because you're tired. You're not sleeping well. Your skin is breaking out. So you're obviously not taking care of yourself because skin is an underlying issue. I've been in horrible acne phases. I've been in perfectly clear skin phases. So for me, it's like when my body is showing me signs when I'm moody, mood swings, so on, because my hormones are imbalanced, because I'm not getting enough sleep, because I'm not prioritizing my mental wellness, that's a sign for me to go, okay, maybe we need to take a step back and reassess the amount I go out, the time I go to sleep, and so on. But outside of that, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to live your life. Like You ask yourself on an individual basis, who do I want to be and how do I want to feel? And if you can start taking actions that align with that, which is very subjective, very personal for you, then you're doing great. If you're constantly like setting boundaries for yourself and breaking them and not listening to your own word and, you know, lacking self-trust, that's on you. Maybe start reassessing. And this isn't just with partying. This is with anything you do in your life. But if you feel an integrity with yourself, and that's been huge for me, like Yeah, I can micromanage what I'm doing on my day to day basis and say, there are some things that I know my highest self wants me to do that I'm not doing right now. You know, I don't have like a profound meditation practice right now. Even breath work, and I'm a breath work facilitator, hasn't been a huge part of my life right now. I've taken a step back from working out the same amounts I used to. And I'm being a little more lenient with eating out sometimes with friends. And I could make myself wrong for each one of those things. But for now, it's, you know what? I feel okay with where I'm at. I know my path. I know I'm going to go back into the deep meditation flow and they're all going to come. But I still feel in integrity with Emma. I still feel aligned in my truth. And I'm having fun for the first time in a long time because I never allow myself to have fun. So for me, that feels great and that's enough for me. So it's, you know, it's hard to make a judgment for everyone, but I feel like if you feel in alignment with yourself, that's all that matters. And don't let anyone try to tell you otherwise, you know?
1: I appreciate that you said that because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who feel that compassion is not a part of their wellness practice. And I think that it's so it's so important to kind of even sometimes get permission of like, it's okay to not show up as your highest self all the damn time. That's not actually what we're supposed to be doing as human beings. Like we are supposed to be making mistakes, but we also like get to choose. Is this a mistake or is it not? I love that you said, you know, nothing, nothing is either right or wrong. It's just, do I feel in alignment? I think that's important. And going back to something that you mentioned in the beginning was, you know, you always felt this strong sense of intuition. And I think that sometimes people have a hard time, Or they might feel overwhelmed and they might have a hard time listening to their body because they don't know what that actually sounds like. And so I want to know what did that look like for you when you say you always had a strong sense of intuition and then maybe some tips that you can give somebody to maybe actually begin to listen to their body?
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, it really was like a physical sensation, like a gut feeling. I've always been like a very physical person. It's going to show up differently no matter what. I would say it's like not listening to the little voice in your head that tries to like convince you of things because often our thoughts aren't truly ours, but instead focusing on physical sensations. like does something cause your chest to tighten? If so, like it's probably not in alignment because your body is telling you something. you know? If it like gives you like tingles in your stomach or like makes you just feel uncomfortable or makes you feel really good and excited, like paying attention to those sensory cues. And I think the most important tip that I could give anyone when it comes to this work is get into the space of nervous system regulation and start to understand how your nervous system plays a role in this space. Because essentially, to dive into it a little bit, we have our autonomic nervous system, which contains our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous system. Now, if we were living in the wild as primitive human beings, which we're not, but if we were like our ancestors, our sympathetic nervous system would turn on fight or flight when we were in danger and our parasympathetic nervous system would bring us back into like rest and repair or rest and digest. So it's your survival mechanisms and then the mechanisms that bring you back to homeostasis. Now, if you look at a deer, let's say being hunted in the wilderness by a lion and the deer survives, the you know, it's so, it's, um, Nervous system gets turned on, its fight or flight gets activated, it runs away from the lion, it makes it out alive. Once that's completed, it will activate its parasympathetic nervous system and complete a stress cycle. Usually they do that through like shake. It's honestly somatic shaking. So you'll watch a deer like shake its whole body off for a minute and then it goes on like nothing happened. So animals are incredible at completing stress cycles. Now, we are not in real... I can't speak for everyone, but overarchingly in this day and age, we're not necessarily in actual survival mode. We're more in perceived survival mode. So you get an email from your boss saying you did a bad job and your nervous system is going to get activated the same way it would if you were being chased by a bear in the woods. Now, that's not right because it's not the same level of threat but our bodies don't know the difference anymore because we've been so accustomed to perceived threat. So essentially to not go in too deep to this, we are mostly, most humans are in a chronic state of stress. Their sympathetic nervous system is chronically activated and they don't have the tools to complete the stress cycle. This is why anxiety is so rampant. This is why depression is so rampant. This is why a lot of our mental disorders that are happening these days are not being understood in certain ways that would actually prove super effective in you know coming back to balance. So if you are having trouble connecting to your intuition, if you are having trouble finding your center, if you are having trouble just existing in the present moment, a really important question to ask yourself is, is my nervous system regulated? And if not, how can I start bringing regulation back into my body? And that's where somatic work comes in, breath work, shaking, movement, nature, like different things that bring you back into the physical sensation of the body and bring you out of this chronic state of stress. Because on a physiological level, and this is from like a holistic perspective, if you wanna heal from gut issues, inflammation, skin issues, you know, pretty much everything comes from inflammation. Every illness essentially comes from inflammation, most of them at least. If you want to start healing and sending signals to your body like, hey, I'm good to go. Let's start healing this inflammation, uh, you have to have a regulated nervous system. When you're in your sympathetic state, your other mechanisms in your body are shut off because your body is simply just trying to survive. When your parasympathetic nervous system is activated and you're in rest and repair or rest and digest, that's literally sending your body signals that it's good to heal, that it's safe to heal, that it's ready to start doing the work. So that was a bit of a tangent, but it's so underlooked and undervalued. But I think one of the main, main causes of most of the illnesses, whether mental or physical, that we're experiencing today is from a dysregulated nervous system. And doing this work has shifted my life tenfold, and I've witnessed it in so many others. And it is... It's beautiful and it's it's hard, but it's also really fun and messy and so so special. So that would be
1: my biggest piece of advice. But it's so it's so true because you can't you cannot learn to listen to your body if you're not in a regulated state. Like you can if you're constantly in the stress cycle and you're not able to complete it, you're not even able to get into that parasympathetic you are not actually going to like that's not your your main priority your main priority is to run is to like be in this stress this stress uh status and so i i think it's so important that you mentioned that like if you are not getting yourself into that into that parasympathetic you're not going to be able to listen to your body cuz you're not going to be really like tuned into your body so my question for you would be, are there like simple things for somebody who's listening who might be like, oh my gosh, I am in a stress cycle and I am not able to complete it? Is there anything like any simple um, tool? Because I know I know nature and moving, those things are like my biggest tips. But um, I know breath work obviously is one. But anything like shaking, is there anything that you can kind of do that doesn't take too long? Maybe that somebody who's sitting at a desk can kind of do to to help regulate their nervous system.
0: Yeah. I would say somatic shaking is number one, even if you're at a desk and you just like shake out your arms for five minutes and like shake out, if you're in an office and you don't want to do it in front of people, I'll give you another one after, but like go to a bathroom, like go in the bathroom stall if you have to, and literally just shake off your body like you have little bugs crawling on you and you need them to get off. Because this is, I don't know, it's perfect. It works wonders. Three minutes, like I would recommend just one song. Like if you have AirPods or headphones, one song worth of you shaking, feet planted into the ground, keep your feet grounded, just shaking your upper body, you're going to see a world of difference. But if you're sitting at a desk and you can't get up, I would also just recommend a box breath, which is a very simple form of breathing. Essentially, you're going to count for four counts as you inhale. So inhale one, two, Three, four hold at the top of the breath one two three four exhale for four and then hold at the bottom of the breath for four you can change that number if you have a little bit more of an advanced practice you can go for eight sixteen six whatever you want but keep the numbers even for the inhale top of the breath holds exhale bottom of the breath holds it's very simple and yet very, very profound as well. It'll just bring you back to, I think bringing you back to the breath and to the body is just such a simple and beautiful way to start regulating. Obviously, if you're in like a full-fledged panic and it's intense, it might not bring you fully back, but it will guide you to the present moment uh, in a pretty quick amount of time, pretty short amount of time. So yeah, I would I would start there. And then, of course, you know, there's loads of different types of breath work and movement practices and other somatic tools that we could dive into. But that's a really nice little start.
1: I know you mentioned that you got into breath work when you were studying abroad, and I I want to go back to this as well, because I I think one of the biggest things that changed my life, even though it was when I, I fell into the party scene, was moving to a place and not knowing a single soul. I very much resonate with what you said. I grew up in a suburb in Orlando and it was a very privileged suburb. It was a very conservative area. Everyone thought the same. Everyone, nobody questioned. And I I really think that while that shaped me as a human, I knew that there was something more for me. I knew there was another philosophy of life I wanted to explore. And I I, I didn't have the words to articulate it back then, but I, I really felt like The way that I would explain it was, I just felt like I haven't found my roots yet. I haven't found my roots. And so when I moved to Boulder, and I didn't know anybody, and I was forced to kind of rediscover myself, my true self, so that I can meet and connect with others. That's really when I, I found myself. And so when I whenever I'm talking to people who are like, I don't even know who I am, or like, I don't know what my purpose is, or I, I'm feeling disconnected to self. I I feel like it's so important to cultivate that independence for yourself and go somewhere where like maybe and even maybe it's not even like a move, but maybe just like going to spend a whole day with yourself in somewhere foreign. I think it's it kind of like forces you to be uncomfortable and then come back to yourself. So I wanna know like when you went to Australia, do you think that was a big part of like coming home to yourself? Like just giving yourself the space and the distance to actually like explore that part of you?
0: A hundred percent. And you know, since then I've been traveling a ton and every place I go, I discover myself again and discover a new part of myself again. And this earth is vast and you know, I always love to reflect back to our ancestors and granted they couldn't get as far. They didn't have airplanes, but like they were not sedentary. Like they were not in one place. They were constantly on the go, constantly exploring new territories, searching for food, searching for livelihood, you know? And I think it's, of course, I understand people are at different levels of privilege and ability to go places, but there are so many incredible opportunities these days, like work away and woofing, where you can you know, maybe save up some money to get a plane ticket and then live and eat for free and travel the world and see cultures and people and experiences and architecture and nature and all of these things. And I just think this world is way too vast to stay in one place, and especially if it's the place you grew up, because... We hold a lot of trauma, many of us, around the places we grew up. And most people who are suffering and struggling don't even realize that, you know, I don't think moving away is the answer to your problems. I think some people use travel as an escape mechanism. You got to face yourself no matter where you are. But if you've been in the same place your whole life and you're unhappy, like you got to take the risk, you know, you got to, even if it's moving to like a town an hour away, like maybe you can't do a big leap to a different state. Just put yourself in a different environment slightly. And yeah, I think your whole world will change. I mean, mine did. I, it's one thing to travel to go across the world literally to the opposite side of the world was huge. And I've always been up for adventure. So for me, it was a permission slip to take off my masks and not be around the people who knew me and that now, you know, I don't feel like I need a mask because I just know who I am and I got that clarity. But at the time, I really didn't know who I was and I had spent so much time hiding and pretending to be someone who fit into that Penn State mold. So going here, it was like, I don't have to be anyone. I can just be me. And let's, you know, see what that's like. Let's explore that for a little bit. And it was the best. And obviously, like being yourself is the best. There's nothing better than just being you. And another conversation that I had with a beautiful friend this past weekend while I was away was the, you know, the reflection was nobody can actually judge you if you're fully yourself. You know, of course, people are going to judge you, but it won't matter. Like you won't feel the hit from judgment if you know who you are and you love who you are. And you know that anyone judging you is just reflecting back this judgment of themselves. And I reflected back to an experience I had a few years ago at another festival with some friends where I was still really in the mask. And I had a really uncomfortable weekend where I felt really disconnected from everyone around me. I felt super judged. I felt I felt lost. And... I was with like essentially the same group of people this past weekend and was receiving so much love and so many people saying how proud they were of me and how they could see my growth. And, you know, it wasn't validation I needed because I knew it in my heart from myself, but it felt really good to receive it because literally authenticity and radical self-expression and rawness has been the bulk of my purpose these past few years because everything else is secondary to that. I can only show up the way I want to. I can only be abundant, I can only make real connections, find real love, you know, all of these things if I'm just me, not hiding, not pretending, not seeking validation, and not trying to win people over. And it's really this idea of like attracting and not chasing. Like I am magnetic when I'm myself and I have anxious attachment. So there's a big part of me that has not been myself and has chased and chased and chased. And it never works. And it always adds resistance to my life. So just finally understanding that like we're all magnets to our dream reality. We just need to be ourselves and stop trying to show up for other people because you won't find your tribe and you won't find your purpose and you won't find who you are if you're living your life trying to please others, trying to be cool or be seen or be liked in certain ways, like just be yourself. People are going to think you're fucking dope for being you. And the people who don't weren't meant to be in your life anyways. And there's so much beauty in that too.
1: I I feel like the whole theme of what we're talking about goes back to like being conscious, but also making the choice. And I think so many people don't really embody that they do have a choice. And I think it's easier to assume that you don't. I think it's easier to assume that the universe is against you or all of these obstacles are in your way and you have no other choice but to be in the reality that you're living in currently. And I also, you know, want to acknowledge that there are some people's reality that have really massive hurdles, but I think it all starts in the mind. That's my belief as well. Our, 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 um, you know, at the end of the day is like, we all have a choice. And if you think you you can't, you won't be able to. And if you think you can, you can. Um, and I think something that you were talking about with the mass, something that came through to me today in a meditation was I'm done dimming my light for other people because all it's doing is harming me and not making me feel good about myself when I know myself and I know what makes me feel good. And even if it if my truest self is not going to resonate or land or be received as well as I, I would hope for it to be with these other people, I, I love myself enough to prioritize how I feel. And I think, again, I, for, for so many people listening, I, i I feel like there's going to be this reservation of like, but how do I actually like make the choice to embody myself? You make the choice. And I think it's that simple. And I think that Whenever we start to overcomplicate it, that's just the ego trying to get us not to, not to make the choice, all of these excuses. But it literally, in my opinion, is just as simple as making the choice.
0: Yeah. And I feel it's funny because it's not like a, it's not a full answer, but it's a full answer. Like, you you know, there's a million different roads you can take that answer down and you got to figure out what works for you. But I think- Victim mentality is like rampant these days. I can't stand it. And radical self-responsibility is the key to everything you want in this life. So take it and just fucking do the thing you want to do. It doesn't matter. Don't rely on your emotions. Don't rely on motivation to come around. Like you can't rely on things that are unreliable. What's reliable is the person you want to be. So get really clear. I say this time and time again. Take out a pen and paper. Get extremely precisely clear on who you want to be. And then decide what that person would do to be that version of yourself and then just do it. It doesn't matter if you don't want to do it, then find compassion and like until you're ready, you know, but you saying you want to do it and then not doing it and then beating yourself up and judging yourself and all this, it's a cycle that will never end until you stop it from happening. Like you have to just make the choice and it's, it's really just that simple.
1: And I think that's a beautiful way, like a beautiful exercise to do as well, because even if you get so clear on who you want to be and then you decide, okay, I actually don't want to do this right now, you can't run away from yourself. It's always going to be there. And once you get clear, you can't unsee it. And so whether it's today, whether it's in a week, whether it's in a couple of months or a few years, you're going to get there because you have seen it and you can't run away from it anymore the last thing I want to um, ask you about, and then we'll wrap up though, is breath work. Because for me, I have always been very resistant to meditation because I am just very much an overactive mind. I think a lot. I I have trouble dropping in. And so for me, something that's been helpful is active self-care modalities and active, um, you know, ways to to kind of take control of my nervous system. And breath work literally has been so prominent in helping me reduce my stress, helping me come home to myself and really like see the growth that I want to see. So I want to know what breath work did for you and then how it can benefit other people.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. It's one of the things I have the most resistance around. And it's also like my most powerful medicine um breathwork changed everything for me because i it's funny uh a reflection i get back a lot is that i i seem like this like very chill free spirit and don't get me wrong like very free spirited i i i would just say i'm very different from most people but like i wouldn't if you know me i'm not chill <laughs> like i'm just not I'm type A. Like I need structure. I I need to have plans. When my life is unorganized, my brain is chaos. It gives me really bad anxiety. So it's funny because most of my life, I hated the idea of being type A. Like my mom is super type A, and I feel like I just resented being anything like her. Although now I see where you know my strengths lie in that. Like I'm a natural leader. I take action. I get shit done. But for so long, I resented myself and my mom for being this type A because I just wanted to be chill and go with the flow. But with that, I was so deregulated. Like I was constantly in fight or flight. I had a pretty traumatic childhood, privileged and beautiful, but nonetheless traumatic. Um, My household was not very safe space for me. So I was the most anxious human on planet earth. Like, and I denied it. I was like, I don't have anxiety. Like for so long, a girl had anxiety. And when I found breath work, I just got like actually punched in the face with presence and stillness and like chill, like literally the feeling of chill in my body. And I was like, well, game over. Just game over. I'm not a meditator either my brain. I like it. Sometimes I get in the flow, but like, no. My brain can't do that for too long, and it's a challenge I want to face, but not right now. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so breathwork was like it for me. I'm a very physical person as well. I love somatic. I love things that I can actively do. And once I, I'm into like the very deep breathwork. You know, the the sessions that I lead are for trauma and blockage release. It's essentially exposure therapy where you're knocking yourself with your sympathetic nervous system, you're activating fight or flight really intense. And then, you know, it just pushes you back into the parasympathetic state when you finish so, so, so deeply. But there are so many amazing types of breath work, and I believe all of them are beneficial. And for so many reasons, physical, physiological, mental, emotional, energetic, like clearing so many blockages from your body literal trauma energy stored in your chakra centers, you will remove that and bring back flow into your body. It supports digestion, your immune system, your heart rate and blood pressure. It supports your anxiety and depression, grief, anger, processing emotions. Like I don't know what it doesn't benefit. So highly, highly, highly recommend Wim Hof as a beautiful place to start. Pretty easy. He's an amazing instructor. The sessions I do, if you want to go like super deep, that's for real blockage release. You know, I've seen people screaming and crying and on the other side, experiencing very intense pleasure. Like it's a very wide spectrum, but it will, in my opinion, it's like three years of therapy in a 90 minute session. So it depends what you're looking for when it comes to finding which type of breath work you want. But there is no person that breathwork is not for. And I say that with confidence.
1: And I think at the end of the day, it's going to help you reduce stress at the end of it, which we know is literally, like you were saying, the number one cause of disease is stress, is inflammation, and so... If you like literally don't think that your breath is, is is powerful enough to heal, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast, yeah, but yeah. also like I really encourage you to kind of do some digging in that aspect because it, it is. Your breath is so powerful. And I want to go back to real quick on what you said about being type A and being structured while people think you're, you're free spirited and all the things. I, I resonate so much because I am so structured and I need the plan and I need the things. But I've recognized when I have that, I am the most chill, like spontaneous, free spirited person. And I think what I've realized is like having that structure, having that like really masculine um, energy in place, I'm able to be chill. I'm able to be free spirited. It literally allows me to be. And if I don't have that structure in place, I don't feel safe to let myself be open, be receptive, be in the experience. And so I really resonate with that hundred percent. And
0: as I said before, with that like airy energy, I need to ground. Like grounding is a huge part of my life. And I feel so ungrounded when my room is messy and my bed isn't made. And I don't have my planner for the next day completely written out. And I don't have my tasks for the week organized. Like exactly the masculine feminine balance is so important. And if I'm not in my masculine, my feminine is chaos. And when I allow my masculine structure to be that organized and structured, then my feminine is like, dope. I can just yeah. relax I <laughs> know what I'm doing, you know? So yep. I think it's, it's actually like perfectly aligned when you find the balance for both because I'm not in my masculine so I can be masculine all the time. I'm in my masculine so being feminine feels
1: safe, like you said thousand percent. Emma, I could talk to you for hours and I feel like I want to do a part two on Adderall because I want to go there if you're open to it. So we can, we can reschedule. Um, but I know you have to run. So tell people where they can find you and how they can work with you if they want to do the intense breath work. Yes. So
0: Instagram would be the best place. It's at Emma Marshall, uh, Marshall M-A-R-S-C-H-A-L-L. I'm also on TikTok. Uh, I mean, you can find ways to work with me on Instagram, but I think my TikTok is more fun. And yeah, I have a link tree on there or you can just DM me and we'll chat. I
1: love it. Thanks so much, Emma.